Perhaps uh, we all know that every person, every family, every nation has an identity. Something that when you look, for example, a flag, you know what country is that? Yeah, when I went to the Philippines, I saw the Filipino flag, right? In the wind, moving. So I knew I was in another country. So, and sometimes, you know, this identity comes from places, from things, sports, right? Do we have any football fans here? Okay. And it comes from people too. But let me show you, for example, this is a, a, an example of uh, sports. You know this team? Have both? Do we have any Green Bay fans or something like that? You are dismissed. No, just, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, I know Pastor Julio likes uh, the, Cowboy, the Cowboys, and sometimes he invites me to his house to watch the games. He hasn't done it that for a long time. But anyway, I'm just complaining here. Just taking the chance to do it. But anyway, uh, probably uh, a less local example is the next picture. For example, have you seen this picture? Do you know this place? It's the White House, right? Um, I had the privilege uh, of going to uh, Washington, D.C. a couple of years ago. And I saw the White House and I saw other places that I know when people see these places, they know they are, they are here in the States, in America. So let me show you another picture. Have you seen this guy before? Who is this? George Washington. I grew up in Mexico, but even I, I know this guy because when you're studying history, you need to look at the, the, you know, the important people in different countries. And the first president of the United States, of course, we know him, right? And this guy, George Washington, brings identity to this nation, right? We know the, the first, the second, some people say that they remember the first president, they never remember the second president, right? Always the first one has a privilege. But we know when we see, for example, George Washington, and you see the White House, you will see these two pictures together. I know you will feel something. You will know that you are in this beautiful country, right? Well, the same way we gain identity from people, from places. Like, for example, for the Mexicans, Speedy Gonzalez, you know, that's, that's very famous. He gave us fame. So, so, but anyway, sometimes we, you, we get this identity from people and, and the same thing happened with the people of Israel. I'm going to tell you something. We are going to be talking about Moses today. Because Moses was a really important character. He was a hero for the Israelites, for the people of Israel. And let me tell you something that is kind of funny um, I found this uh, sculpture of Moses. I don't know if he looked like that, but I couldn't find his Facebook page, so I, I just took this from the internet. So, um, The author of Hebrews is talking about how his readers needed to fix their thoughts on Jesus. And that's the first point we are going to be looking at today. In this series, Jesus is better. 
And let's, let's read Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. They say, therefore, and when it says therefore, it means you have to be aware of the first and the second chapter when you are reading this, right? Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder, the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what will be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as son over God's house, and we are his house. If we hold unto our courage and hope of which we boast. So the first point today is fix your thoughts on Jesus. And if you were a Jew, you were from the people of Israel, the first question would be, why? You need to understand, Moses was a great hero in Israel. So everybody in Israel knew about Moses. Everybody respected Moses. But now the author is telling them, no. It's not like he's asking them to forget about Moses, but he's asking them to fix their thoughts on Jesus. The author is using Moses, a national hero, to highlight Jesus and to present him as better than Moses. And this is hard. Then he presents a list of reasons why Jesus is better than Moses. And the first thing that he mentions is that Jesus was faithful just as Moses was faithful. But let me tell you something. Even though Moses was faithful, Moses failed. Let me ask you this. Did he enter the promised land? He did not. He died before. Actually, it's kind of sad. When you're reading the scripture and you see Moses, the guy who spent 40 years going around and around in the desert, just looking from far away to the promised land. He didn't enter the land. And even though the Bible calls him Faithful. He was faithful. And I always wonder what would have happened if the Lord, instead of sending Moses, he was, he was sending me. You know, because sometimes we are so harsh with people from the Bible. And, and we see their mistakes. And we kind of uh, judge them, right? But would you be able to do the same things that Moses did? Would you be willing to go and take more than two million people and take care of them and bring them 
from Egypt out, out to the desert and then into the promised land? I have no idea. But let me tell you this. Jesus is called faithful. But let me tell you the difference between Moses and Jesus. Jesus never failed. He was faithful to the end. He died on the cross for us. He died fulfilling God's will. He was faithful to death. He died taking your place because he wanted to do God's will. So this is a big difference. That's why the Jews, they needed to fix their, their thoughts on Jesus because Jesus was greater than Moses. If Moses was faithful, then Jesus was even more faithful. We know that Jesus came and he will come again. And because Jesus did everything the Lord, his father, asked him to do, we are sure that he, if he said he's coming back, he will come back. Are you waiting for Jesus' return? Jesus' return? I hope so. I hope you are ready. He's coming back. He is faithful. If he said he's coming back to take you to his place, then he's coming back. We should, we should be ready. We should remember that Jesus is faithful. He's faithful to God and he's faithful to us too. Because what he promised, he will fulfill. Also, the second point, why we should fix our thoughts in Jesus is because Moses was worthy of honor. So that's why I mentioned, it's not like the author is asking them to forget about Moses. But then he says that Jesus was found worthy of greater honor. Did you get that? Jesus was found worthy of greater honor. And just, just to give you some perspective on this, let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. See what the Bible says about Jesus' worthiness. By the way, I love the book of Revelation. I know that some people don't like it, but it's great. So, verses 1 through 5, chapter 5 of the book of Revelation. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or on the, under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now let me explain something. The Bible says that nobody was found worthy to come to God. And to take the scroll and to undo the seals. And he mentioned that nobody here on earth, nobody in heaven, nobody under the earth 
was found worthy. Jesus Christ is the only one who is worthy. He is even, he was found greater, worthy of greater honor than Moses. Moses was worthy of honor. Jesus was even, you know, worthy of greater honor. So I don't know what place in your life Jesus has, but I hope he is worthy of greater honor in your life. And let me explain why. Actually, the book of Revelation explains why Jesus Christ is worthy of this honor. Because some people believe that Jesus is, Jesus is worthy of honor just because he never sinned. But pay attention. He's talking about heavens also. So there are angels in heaven that never sinned. So it's not, it's not a matter of, you know, being worthy just because he never sinned. Is more than that. Is more than just a moral character. Uh, let's read verses 9 through 14 of chapter 5 of Revelation. And it says, And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I look and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I, then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. That's why Jesus was found worthy of greater honor. Because Moses didn't die for us. Moses didn't die on the cross. He didn't give his blood for us to save you, to save everyone who confesses his name. That's why Jesus is worthy of greater honor. He doesn't have to do only with the fact that he never sinned, but with the fact that he is the Lamb of God. And he died taking your place. So do you consider Jesus worthy of greater honor in your life? Could you say like these creatures, these angels, amen? I hope so. Also, the Bible says that God is the builder, the builder of everything, including the house. Moses is just a servant. Yes, God is the creator of everything. So let me tell you this. Sometimes we work hard to, you know, achieve something to build a house, to build a, a, a business, 
also or a ministry. But all of that belongs to whom? To God. Everything belongs to God. Everything you are, everything you have, everything you do belongs to God. God is the builder. God made you. He's giving you the strength to work. He's giving you the wisdom to start something, a business or whatever. It belongs to God. Even this church, even Calvary, it doesn't belong to any pastor. It doesn't belong to the people who gives more. He belongs to God. He's the builder. And we belong to him. And that's why the Bible is talking about Moses just as a servant. He didn't build Israel. He didn't put together, you know, this nation. God did. And we, we can see this if we go to Joshua chapter 1. We will read and we will confirm, actually, that God calls Moses just a servant. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. So I want you to put attention to this. God calls Moses a servant. And then he says, he died. And he's not giving any other reason. And he's not saying that Moses will come back to finish what he started. The difference between Moses and Jesus is that Jesus died, but he is alive now. After three days, that tomb was empty. And now he's waiting for his return. He's coming back. Moses didn't come back. He needed somebody else to, to take his place. God called Joshua to finish his job. But nobody else is going to finish Jesus' job. He's coming back. He's coming for us. He promised he will come back. He's faithful. He's coming back. He's the son. Right? And that's the, the, the fourth point that I have here. Jesus is the son of the builder. That's why he's better than Moses. Moses was just a servant. He was a witness. He saw what God did. Jesus came to do God's will. He has the power to give life. He has the power to make people blind, blind people see. He resurrected people. He had the power to do God's will in, you know, by his own, by his own power. He didn't need, he didn't need anybody. When Jesus was uh, being baptized at the beginning of his ministry, the Bible says that there was a voice. And let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And this is how we know. Because God recognized Jesus as the son. That's how we know that he is the son of God. Matthew 3, 17 says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. 
With him, I am well pleased. With him, I am well pleased. God has never said anything like that before. I have a dream. And I'm not talking about, you know, any other dream. But I dream to be before God. And God talked to me and called me good servant and faithful. But to Jesus, he called him son. And I, I know I am a son of God, right? I know that. But I know Jesus Christ has this position. He is the son of God. That's why he's better than Moses. Also, in Hebrews 3, 7, 3, 7 to 15, there is a warning. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about why the author is giving this warning. But just, just remember... He's talking about the people of Israel to fix their thoughts in Jesus. Why? Because here what happened before. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 to 15. They say, so as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you have heard his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. During the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation, and I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declare on oath in my Anger, they shall, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbeliever heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end, the confidence we had at, at first. And he had just been said, today you hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. It calls my attention that he is giving these words to people that never, they, they weren't with Moses. They never been in the desert with Moses, but he's talking in a way like, like they were there. And then he mentions their fathers. You know, sometimes we need to look and we need to pay attention to history. Because many times we could commit the same mistakes that people in the past, you know, made. We could make the same mistakes that people in the past made. So pay attention to these words and pay attention to this. The author is using the past to help the readers understand that they could make the same mistakes. Their ancestors had the opportunity to see God's hand performing miracles. They saw Moses 
leading their people. But even after, after having such, such a privilege, they hardened their hearts. It was their decision. They choose not to believe. Have you been in, this, in one of these situations in which you can decide if you believe God or you don't believe God? Let me give you a clue. You are going through a very difficult time. And you are so worried that you cannot sleep. Then you are not trusting God. Are you with me? And you seen God. I mean, you seen God's miracles in your life. And you seen God's miracles in some other, uh, you know, people's lives. Because first of all, if you're, a, if you're a child of God, you've seen the miracle of salvation. If you're a real believer, you've seen what God can do. But when you are so worried that you cannot sleep, then you have decided not to trust Jesus, not to trust God. You have decided not to believe in his power. Sometimes... When we read the Bible, we are thinking, why these people, why they don't believe in God? Why are, are they like this, so stubborn? But sometimes we are like that. Sometimes I do believe the people of Israel is like a picture of what we do today. What we do today. So I can see myself sometimes in things that happens to Israel, I can see myself being stubborn, rebellious. I can see myself hardening my heart and deciding not to believe in God. And I hope that doesn't happen to you, but I'm pretty sure it happens. That's why we need to recognize one thing, a faithful leader does not guarantee faithful followers. And let me explain why this point. If we read Hebrews 16, 316 to 19, it says, Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Wow. I just wonder, what would happen if God was still doing the same thing, because we have the same God, right? The God of Israel is our God. But how come we don't receive the same punishment? Because this was a punishment. Their unbelief caused them to wander in the desert for 40 years until the last one of them died. The last one of that generation died in the desert. Until then, the people of Israel entered the land. You know what? There is a huge difference. 
Because Jesus Christ died for us and he paid for our sins. Every kind of punishment that we deserve, he took them. Everything we deserve because of our sins, he took them on himself. So, even though Moses was faithful, the people of Israel, they weren't faithful. It's very likely, let me explain something. It's very likely that this letter is written because there were some believers, real believers, that were going back to, to be followers of the law of Moses. That's why the author is comparing Moses and no Abraham or any other Bible, he, uh, Bible hero. And he's telling them, be careful. Some scholars think that this letter was written after the destruction of the temple in the year 70 AC. As you might know, there, there were two main religious groups at that time. The Pharisees, and which one is the other one? The Sadducees. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were the two main religious groups. So the Sadducees, they were kind of the, the rich guys. They were the upper class. They did not focus on the law and did not believe in the resurrection. Their main focus was on the temple. So when the temple was destroyed, you can, you, you can guess, they almost disappeared. Actually, they disappeared. So the only group that stayed there were the Pharisees. And they were putting a lot of stress on following the law. So every Jew living during that time was being pressured by their families, by the religious groups to come back to the law. And remember, they didn't have the Bibles as we do today. They, they didn't have the New Testament. They just had a few letters going around. So imagine yourself living as a Christian as a believer in a nation that will consider you a traitor because you are not following the law, because you are not following Moses, because Moses was so important and he has proven that he was right because now the temple was destroyed and everything was left, that it was left, it was the law. So a believer living during this time actually felt a lot of pressure to come back to follow the law. That didn't mean they weren't believers. They were real believers. But they were confused. Why? Because instead of fixing their thoughts in Jesus, they turned around and they started fixing their thoughts in Moses. And that's why the author is saying, hey, Jesus is better. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than the law because he fulfilled the law. Jesus is better than anybody and anything else here on earth, in heaven, and under the earth. Jesus is better. And this is a warning also for us. Yes, real believers could fail. Yes, 
real believers could go back to the law, could go back to anything else. I don't know your past, but I want you to remember Jesus is better. When you feel that your past is calling you back, don't believe it. Jesus is better. If you are a real believer, just be careful. Don't go back to your old ways. Just fix your eyes in Jesus. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. He's your savior. Nobody else, nothing else has saved you. So just remember this. Your identity is in Christ. It's not in this country. I hope it's not. This country is going to disappear. Right? Any, any hero that you have in your life is going to die or already died and is not coming back. But Jesus is coming back. Jesus is faithful and he promised he will come back for us. And he's coming back. Are you waiting for him? Is Jesus actually your savior? Is Jesus the one in whom you have put your thoughts and you are fixing your thoughts in? Is he actually somebody who is your hope? Are you waiting for him? I hope so. Let us stand up and let us pray. I'm going to pray for the offerings and also, I'm going to pray for every one of us. And if you feel like you have gone astray and you are not fixing your thoughts in Jesus, you feel like you have failed and you need to come back, you can come and pray here. Just remember, fix your thoughts in Jesus. Find your identity in Jesus. He is our Savior and he is coming back. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you for your work. And help us to remember that you are Lord Jesus. You are better. Better than angels. Better than Moses. Better than anybody else. Thank you so much for your salvation and thank you for the hope you have given us because you promised you will come back and we know that because you said so, we are saved because you died for us on the cross and help us to worship your name as the angels did in the book of Revelation. We ask you all these things in Jesus' name, amen.